0: Well, I'd love to uh, start our time together today with a question. And the question is, what's the last thing you asked God for? What's the last thing you asked God for? Uh, Maybe it was uh, like an earnest request, one that you thought through and prayed about earnestly. Uh, Maybe you got some transition going on in your life. Maybe you're in a bind. Maybe you need some help, whatever it might be. Uh, Maybe it just kind of came out in a moment uh, when you least expected it. We just watched uh, season two of Alone where they put people in the wilderness and see how long they can survive. The guy's losing his mind. He cries out to God and asks for it to rain fish. Uh, it did not. Um, maybe maybe you cried out to God and asked to curse one of the other drivers on the road. I'm not sure what it is, is the last thing that you asked God for. I asked my wife this question. Um, she said that uh, <laughs> patience. So I did not ask a follow-up question um, for what should be obvious reasons. But I'm curious, uh, what's the last thing you asked God for if you're sitting uh, next to someone you trust uh, flip around to them and ask them what the last thing they they ask God for or vice versa you can share it with them um I I imagine that pretty much anything we ask God for uh, is good right um, it's an indication that we you know if we're asking God for something it's an indication that we trust that a God exists uh and it's that we trust that that god cares enough about us to like want to give us what we need right it's a to ask god for something is a good thing no matter how big or how small or trite and trivial it might seem to us or you know significant it might be um i think just the a- ask the act of asking god for something is a good thing jesus says says basically the same thing in a couple different places uh, in matthew chapter 6 he reminds us that uh, god already knows what we need before we ask a uh, chapter after that he's talking to his disciples and he says basically listen you people are evil okay and even you evil people want to give good things to your kids and he says you know how much more does your father in heaven desire to give good things uh to his children like that's you know that's what that's who, that, how Jesus says God shows up for us God wants to do these things this isn't bad uh, even if we're we're not asking for the right things but but i have been wondering i have been wondering um if if the things that we're asking God for are just simply uh, simply too small, they're simply too small. Um, had a colleague, a boss actually, not just a colleague, but a boss, uh, and she took a couple other pastors and they uh, they went to go and ask a fellow United Methodist who was uh, known as a very a wealthy and generous business owner in their community uh, to support a mission that they had kind of uh cooked up in their community uh and honestly I don't remember the details of it I think it was after like a hurricane of some sort but it was a great I just remember when they were talking about it I thought well that that sounds like a great idea um it was really going to serve their community make a difference make an impact and so uh, they made an appointment with this gentleman they went to his office they met with him they kind of pitched the idea and he was like this sounds incredible um you know what what can I do to help um let me know and they uh they didn't want to seem too greedy You know, Uh, so they asked for $90,000, I think. And he didn't even balk at it. It was just like, absolutely picked up the phone, called his finance person, was like, stroke the check. They're going to pick it up on their way out. You know, they kind of shuffle out of the office, trying not to seem too excited. As soon as they get in the car in the parking lot, they're like, yeah, you know, high five on each other. $90,000. This is going to make such a huge difference. Uh, And then apparently like the next day in the newspaper, they released uh, the news that, uh, this same gentleman had given a multi-million dollar gift to the college in town. Uh, so they start texting me with each other and they're like, oh, we did we didn't ask for enough. We didn't ask for enough. This guy was so much more generous than we anticipated he would be. We, you know, we missed an opportunity, not just for the mission we're doing, but to give him a chance uh to participate in it fully. We asked for too little. We asked for too little. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if that's that's sometimes is the way we approach God. I'm not uh not fully appreciating or underestimating God's desire uh to be generous with us. Uh there's a prayer that we pray, uh, it's a part of our funeral liturgy. Um it says uh it's like right at the top of the funeral it says, "Oh God who gave us birth, you are ever more ready to pray." Uh we um ever hmm, how does it go? "Oh God who gave us birth, you were ever more ready to hear than we are to pray." There, there it is. (laughs) You know, our needs before we ask and our ignorance in asking. Um, and that line and our ignorance in asking is always a frustrating one to me. I don't like it that much. So I try to pray through that really quickly and move on to the next line, which is give us now your grace that as we shrink before the mystery of death, we may see with the light of eternity, um, that that word feels a little bit more comforting like, than telling a bunch of grieving people, you know, God thinks your prayers are in ignorance. Um, but I've been wondering if that line, like if if all that Jesus has said is true, right? Uh, God knows what we need before we ask, right? That's what our prayer says, quoting Jesus. Um, and and if we're asking for things that are too small, like if God already knows what we need, then God would already know that what we're asking for is much smaller much smaller than the thing that God actually desires to give us, right? Are we asking things for God? Are we are we therefore asking for like for far too far too little? Uh, last week, if you're with us, if not, I'd encourage you to go back and check it out. Any of the three weeks before, actually, uh, they're all going to work together to form kind of a full picture as we go through. Uh, last week, we talked about what it looks like for us to surrender our lives to God. Uh, to to give our stuff over to God, to trust God's will and God's way um, in the big things and little things in our life more uh, than trusting our own will and our own way in these things. And uh, we use the metaphor of a fire. And we said that if we're going to be able to trust God with the, the big logs, the big parts and pieces of our life, then we need to be able to surrender or to trust God with the smaller parts and pieces of our life. we got to get the fire going before we can throw the big things on um, and, uh, lots of fun stories in between worship service last week, but, um, one, uh, a chemistry professor who worships with us as a part of our church family here, uh, came up and he was like all fired up, pun fully intended, um, all fired up to talk about the chemistry reaction that takes place in fire. Cause we were talking about what the kind of constitutive elements of a fire were. And, um, he got particularly excited about one part of that, which I loved. I said, man, that'll preach, um, he says that uh, in the the chemical reaction in which fire takes place, he says that um, it is uh, that reaction is unleashing a complex bond of elements, and when that reaction happens and fire occurs, it's it's releasing the complex bond uh, from their complexity and is returning them to kind of their everyday, ordinary, simple elements. And he looked at me and he said, I mean aren't our lives just complex bonds of lots of stuff? And I was like, a hundred percent, right? I don't know what your complex bond of life looks like at this moment, but I feel like we show up to worship uh, with, we show up to God with these like complex bundle of elements in our life that have all come together to create, you know, whatever our stress or anxiety or worry uh, is. You've got like, you know, school is starting back. Uh, We're parenting. Uh, maybe we're not even parenting uh, younger kids. Maybe we're parenting older kids. We send them off to college for the first time or maybe we put them in daycare for the first time. Like these are complex things we're trying to hold all together. At the same time, we're like trying to plan for our future and things are ramping up uh, at work. And mm, it's been summer. So maybe we've been spending more than we've been earning. Like our, our budget is getting a little bit thin and we got all these things together and just We just sprinkle a little, you know, family dynamics from earlier in the summer over the whole thing. Like, this is what we got. Our lives, these lives that we invited us to surrender last week, they're just these complex bond of all these different elements. And I feel like a lot of times when I show up to worship, uh, I show up like, and this is my reality, right? And I'm not suggesting that I show up to worship to be entertained, uh, but this thing right here uh, is a lot. It's a lot to bear. It's a lot to carry. It's a lot to walk through during the week. And so sometimes when I come to worship, like, I just want to put that down for a second and be freed from it. It's like when I go home at night and my brain is fried and I can't think anymore of anything. I I just, I'm done. So I turn on, you know, a sitcom, maybe we're watching The Office or Friends or whatever it might be. Um, And I just, I need to be distracted by something for a little bit. Uh, I just need to laugh at the same old punchlines, follow the same old plot that I know, Uh, It's just a a palate cleanser, right? Because I know that tomorrow when I wake up, I got to pick all this stuff back up. And when I show up to worship, I want to do the same thing. I want to set it at the door. I want to come in. I want to be reminded of uh, the fact that uh, God's grace, God's love for me extends far beyond uh, my ability to live into the person that God has created and is calling me to be. Uh, I want to come in and hear a word of hope that reminds me that there uh, is a possibility for good in the world, despite all evidence to the contrary. And I just want to break. I want to break because I know that as soon as I turn around and walk out the back doors, I got to pick this thing back up again. Um, Or or, uh, I come to worship and I know that this thing exists and I know that I have to tackle the complexity of life. Uh, And so uh, I come to worship and I'm hopeful that I can get enough like spiritual juice, right? That it's going to charge my batteries so that I can go and deal with all these things until the next time I can come back in to worship and get charged up again. But I think that God doesn't just want to charge our batteries. I think that God wants to change our life. I think that we show up asking for far too little. When the early followers of Jesus uh, were trying to make sense of his uh, death and resurrection and the sort of new movement of God's Holy Spirit in the world on the day of Pentecost, Uh, They turn back to a lot of old passages from the Old Testament, um, promises that God had made to God's people long ago. One of them uh, comes from Ezekiel. It says, A new heart I will give to you, and a new spirit I will put within you. I love this line. I will remove from your body the heart of stone, your hard-heartedness, right? I will move from the body your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, this like soft and tender heart. I will put my spirit within you and make you to follow my statutes. So that you can carefully observe my ordinances, which they would have understand as, understood as being like a rich and full life. They, they understood that God didn't just want us to be able to survive as broken people in a broken world, sort of limping through whatever we were in the face of, but that here, what God was promising to do was to heal what was wounded, to fix what was broken, to set the world back to its rights. And it's going to do that in us so that we can join God in doing that work uh, in the world. The Apostle Paul, who was like a pastor in the early church, he picked up on this uh, same strain of thought uh, in 2 Corinthians. I'll jump around a little bit. Uh, but he says here, um, so if anyone is in Christ, right? So now we're seeing that same promise of God at work in the person of Jesus. So if anyone is in Christ, if they've surrendered their life to Christ, then there is, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. God has taken the hard heart out. Put the fresh heart in, right? All of this, he says, is from God who is reconciling us to himself through Christ, right? Healing the world, putting things back to the rights, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him, and has entrusted this message of reconciliation to us, right? So now this is our work to do. And Paul goes on, therefore, as we work together with God, we urge you not to accept the grace of God, this gift of God in vain. For God says, quoting the Old Testament, at an acceptable time, I've listened to you and on the day of salvation, I have helped you. And then Paul comes back to the present time. He says, see, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation, right? This thing that God has promised to do, it's happening today and it's available. He says, don't accept the grace of God in vain for lesser things or smaller things. Uh, it's almost as if his people were showing up to worship God, asking for too little. He says, don't accept the God's God's grace in vain. See, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of this transplant is going to take place. Uh, today is the day that we're invited to be a part of God's new creation, uh, not just in ourselves, but to help make it a reality for the world around us. God is healing the world. Come on and join in. Sometimes. Uh, It feels to me like we invite God to serve us by giving us the grace that we need to change our outlook on on life. I feel that this scripture is, uh, is a reframing, right? That this scripture instead invites us to change our outlook and ask for the grace that we need to be able to serve God with our whole lives. What if we show up asking for too little? God desires to make us new, not just to help us limp along as broken people in a broken world. God wants to make the world new, and God is inviting us to be made new so that we can be a part of the healing of the world. The gift of the Holy Spirit changes and transforms us. It breathes new life into our weary souls. So that our transformed lives can help transform the communities around us. If you are tired of the same old, same old, like if you've been trying this thing and it's not working out, like you show up, you get juiced up, you head out into the world, but you feel like that's just not a sustainable pattern. uh, I want to invite you to consider that maybe, maybe we're praying for too little. We're asking God for too little. I want to invite you not just to come in and hear the comforting words of God's grace, promises of hope, which are good and right and beautiful uh, in their own right, but for you to invite God to allow that grace to change you and transform you. Uh, The question is, are we willing? Are we willing to ask for that? Uh, Let's pray together. Almighty God, we give you thanks um, that you know what we need. Uh, before we ask, and that you know our ignorance in asking. Uh, we pray again, not in vain, uh, we hope, for your grace. Not just a grace to juice us up, to charge our batteries, but a grace that can change our lives. Uh, we ask that you give us uh, that which you desire to give us. Not just what we need to limp as a broken people through a broken world, but that you will change and transform every part of our life that you will change, change and transform our hearts, that you will breathe your spirit into us so that changed and transformed ourselves, we can be, be a part of your beautiful work of transforming the world. Uh, may it be so. We pray in the name of the one uh, who comes so that this grace uh, can do its beautiful work in us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, it's been great to worship with you together during this time. Uh, we'd love to invite you to come and join us for worship in person or online, live on Sunday mornings or throughout the week. You can find more information about our worship times or worship with us online at fbumc.org. And while you're there, uh, you can find plenty of ways to connect with us, uh, whether that's uh, connecting in sort of an opportunity for community around here or serving the greater Fuquay community around us. Uh, so we'd love to invite you to join us for those. Uh, if this is a resource that provides you spiritual sustenance and you'd like to partner with us in making it possible for everyone else while you're there, at the top right-hand corner, there's a button that says give, or you can go to fvumc.org give and make a gift there that makes the mission and ministry of this place possible. We're so thankful for everyone who partners with us uh, to do just that. Listen, it's been great. It's been great to be together with you uh, in this moment, and we look forward to worshiping again with you real soon. We'll see you then.